Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Here's Armstrong and Getty. Anybody seen the white flash? Oh, there he is. Live from Studio C. Hey, dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Your virus passport. I guess it's a vaccine passport, isn't it? Uh, I'm glad you made that the general manager because I've been confused by that issue. Anyway, it's Friday, correct? Am I right about that? Correct, sir. You are spot on, as always, sir. <laughs> spot on, as it is Friday. Fantastic. Um, Pump up that music on a Friday more than any other time. It's an information party. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like the party where I walk in and they hit me with a fact or a figure or a news story I've never heard before. <laughs> That's kind of party I like to go to. Uh, so what's the controversy around the whole vaccine passport? I've kind there of is, stayed away from it. Yeah, you know, I haven't dived in myself really uh, that deeply, partly because I think it's uh, the point is going to be moot before too terribly long. At least I hope it will be. Uh, it's everything from the mark of the beast to uh, it's a government intrusion. It's internal papers you have to show to just the thought they're going to screw it up. It's going to be awful, mismanaged, impractical, a headache. You'll be approved, but you can't get the pass, or you'll get the pass, and they and the, and the reader there hastily installed at the ball game won't be able to read it or whatever. So I don't know. There are all sorts of objections. We're actually going to be talking to the fabulous uh, Jeffrey Fowler of the Washington Post about that. They've uh, they've tried uh, tested out some early examples of it. Mm. Um. Yeah, I uh, I'm on the uh, side of thinking I that it's not going to be necessary pretty dang quick. At three million plus people a day getting vaccinated, yeah, and uh, we're already at. So you don't get a pass if you've uh, had the COVID but not the vaccine yet. I don't actually know that. Hmm. Because my it... understanding of the science at this point is that. Once you have it, you have pretty solid immunity. Yeah, with but, those two numbers else? added together, the people who have had the vaccine and the people who have gotten it were somewhere between 65 and like 80% of uh, the population, adult population, right. has immunity right. right now. Well, and never mind the... I'm uh, Team Moderna, yo. Yeah, you and your side effects. I've been reading. Us Pfizer folks, man, we're surfing on a wave of comfortable immunity. Both of you foolish. Oh, I need two shots to get the full thing. Oh, wow. Don't, don't, don't you come here with your one shot bragging, Sean. Oh, I can't wait to see my pharmacist again in three weeks. He's multi-shot shaming us. (laughs) Anyway, I was about to make a point that I think is salient, and that is... That the whole question, I'm picturing a baseball game. You picture whatever uh, event you want. 
it further infantilizes and or makes us dependent and and or makes us subjects of the crown to say, well, you've had it. So you have substantial immunity. They're not exactly sure if it's uh, complete or, or just mostly. You, as a sentient human adult, have decided you want to go to the ball game, knowing what you know. But the government is going to tell you whether you can or not, because we were sort of in an emergency for a while. If you want to go, go. I understand some people who are not fully immune will be going. I've had my shots. I'm going to go. Why do I need a government pass to make that decision? I heard a really good argument against the vaccine passport, but I don't You remember. just heard one. But I don't You rem- heard another one. <laughs> but I don't remember it. So it's really of no use to me. It wasn't the mark of the beast, though. That is not my concern. I wonder if Mr. 70% immunity from mild cases has an opinion on that topic. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, government intrusion is a good argument, but I don't think the mark of the beast is a good argument. I just don't think that's a... Well, I think it's checking my files here. Wait a minute. I was just going over them last night. The MOB. That is the 89th time in our careers we've heard that something or other is the mark (laughs) of the beast. Billboards have begun showing up in Florida that say, Matt Gates wants to date your child. Who's behind that? (laughs) That's, That's unfair. Among other stories. And Prince Philip has died. I wouldn't know Prince Philip if he came in here and huffed and puffed at me. But, uh... I tell you what, I know how you feel about the royalty, for I feel the same way about the royalty. On the other hand, he was a naval officer served with distinction in WW2. Okay. So respect. Good for him. Um, Good for him. It's teamwork that Good makes... Good for the free world. It's, My God, man. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. That's why we introduce everybody on the squad. There's our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. I'm doing pretty good. I know uh, Sean got the Johnson & Johnson. I'm going to trust try and get Johnson. Not not both of them, but just yeah. one of them. Hey, Johnson. Going... No, you, uh, Johnson, you go about your business. But Johnson. Yeah. yeah. I need your attention. Now, I figure I'm going to have to get the vaccine here sooner or later. If nothing else, I would assume that Insurance companies are going to say, uh, "Yeah, you're going to have to have this, or we're not going to cover you." God, I don't know. I wonder. That's it's interesting. It's a long ways out, I think, because at least in the state we live in, there's way more demand than supply of vaccine. So, I don't see anybody could make you get it when it's so hard to get right now. I, I actually, and heard- then at the point that they could say, "Well, you've had every opportunity to get it," the point will be moot, right? And that probably, and that wouldn't be till geez, late summer fall before you could even say that i think joe biden actually said the other day and lowering the age you get the vaccine to 16 states all across the country getting rid of confusing rules and wait wait a second you know where did the confusing rules come from your cdc give me a break well not only that but the lefty governors of america equity is our highest priority that's where the confusing rules came from. And by the by, old man uh, Biden, we've gotten a substantial share of the really old and the truly terribly vulnerable. But we still have millions and millions and millions of people in the pretty vulnerable age bracket. And it, to me, it seems like an idiotic maneuver to open it up to 16 plus at this point because you have so many 45 to 65 year olds who are still waiting. Yeah, I actually uh, I actually didn't see why it needed to go that low that fast. Because now there is, like in California anyway, there is such a rush to the door, starting in the 15th for anybody, basically anybody, um, to get the shot. And there's way more demand than, than supply. It's just, I, I know I know a bunch of people 
who haven't tried because they've heard it's a hassle. So, you know, as long as that's the feeling in the air. Well, it reminds me of the old saying that Congress does two things, nothing and overreact. There are two options, it would seem, especially in the blue states. Tie yourself completely in knots. Weigh up your own hiney with with bizarre, woke (laughs) equity rules for who gets the vaccine in what order, and then just throw it open anybody with a pulse. Those are the two choices. Unbelievable. Um, uh, you know, speaking of uh, Congress is reacting, overreacting, we're going to talk about uh, proposed new ideas for gun laws or uh, executive orders from uh, the president with a couple shootings yesterday. Whether they count as mass shootings or not, we could, I suppose, uh, discuss that also. There's positive, Well, I'm, I'm worried about the ghost gun issue because if, like, I wake up in the middle of the night and there's a ghost in my room and he pulls a gun on me, I'll be dead of a heart attack. So, we've got to crack down on those things. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Uh, I've been trying to place the strange feeling that I had uh, when I when I got my, my vaccine shot earlier this week. And I, I think the closest comparison I had in my life is when I first got my driver's license, where all of a sudden the world just seemed more open to me than it was the day before. Oh. The, this kind of feeling of, oh, my freedom, like my freedom is back now before then it's, oh, finally freedom. But I think that was the closest parallel because I was, it it shook me how much I was kind of emotionally uh, uh, impacted by by getting getting the shot. It was a it was it was weird, not Hmm. weird bad, but it was was surprising and kind of invigorating. I could see that, especially if I was getting the one shot dose. Us two shot people, you'll get there eventually. Spread out over a couple of weeks, so I don't think it probably hits you as hard. Eventually, you'll get there. There's an adjustment period. I would relate it more to uh, when I got my vasectomy (laughs) because. The feeling now is, we can do this, and we'll be fine. <laughs> We've been inoculated, baby. I did think when I got the shot, and then particularly when my parents got their second dose, like, okay, so the people, me and the people closest to me, we weathered the great pandemic of, uh, I mean, I wasn't that worried that we were going to get it, but it's over for us now. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I pray so, yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Friday, April 9th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin the show now officially. The prelims are over. Let's get going. According to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. One of the things the Neuralinks allow Pager to do is to play his favorite video game, Pong. To control his paddle on the right side of the screen, Pager simply thinks about moving his hand up or down. Who is playing Pong? That's Peja. Now, that may not seem all that impressive until you realize that Peja is a monkey. Mm. And uh, when we get to the full video of this, it is a type of monkey that I'm going to need both of you to grow up a lot about before oh, we speak boy. about. Okay? Because this is a fascinating video <laughs> about the computer brains controlling computers, and I need both of you to grow up. Is the monkey playing Pong with the short paddles at high speed? And you have to be a certain age to remember that, but... That's the challenge. Uh, yeah, the that's when you know you're a gamer. Please. Whatever. Please. <laughs> Child. Um, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. But first, we must get to Clips of the Week. Oh, wow. That's an exciting Friday treat. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, sure it is. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We'll bring you up to speed in all the stories out there. Armstrong and Getty. Show. 
I got some good stuff coming up about. Uh, we have family friends who are dealing with this right now. Uh, trying to assess through your public school where your kid is educationally. Oh, boy. And yeah. and the hesitation of a lot of school districts to accurately do that and why. Oh. And it's really interesting and troubling, and I don't know how this is going to work out over the next couple of years. Next year could be such a mess. If schools open back up, it could be such a mess. Well, sure, I can see, you know, your fourth grade curriculum you've been using for umpteen years. You're going to have a bunch of graduating third graders who don't know bupkis about what they were supposed to have learned in third you grade. you got a bunch of incoming second graders Yeah. Um, yeah for your fourth grade class. Right, right. So that and much, much more, our uh, mailbag today leads with an email entitled, I'm done with you. Stay tuned. Talk Anger. about us. Anger, bitterness. That Stay stinks. with us. But now, first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. I probably smoke more Parmesan cheese than anyone, <laughs> anyone that you know, I'm sure, Tracy. <laughs> Donald Trump's statement. Happy Easter to all, including the radical left crazies who rigged our presidential election and want to destroy our country. <laughs> Just don't ask me to play the piano or the organ. I can't. <laughs> don't know how. My father would say I have no talent at all. And Joe Biden's broken his own rule 84 days. And now he's lying to the American people, George. He's lying about this bill. Sorry I'm late. I just found a big walnut in the parking lot. I was chasing it around for two hours. I truly believe in my heart most white people and black people are awesome people. But we're so stupid following our politicians, whether they are Republicans or Democrats. Folks said, Joe, that's not a walnut, that's a dirty rock. Yeah, right. If it's a rock, then why is my mouth watering? By no reasonable stretch can you compare the voting regimen in Georgia today, the voting regime in Georgia today, to what was going on during Jim Crow. It is outrageous exaggeration at best. I think it's sick for the President of the United States, Joe Biden, who's been a friend for years, to say that what they're doing in Georgia is Jim Crow 2.0. Just because he's got money don't mean those homeless people don't have rights. They want to go after this bill and message about how it's not really infrastructure, that only 5% is going to traditional infrastructure. Will the rest of the Republican Party follow suit, or are they going to be talking about the All-Star Game? We're taking down the coronavirus like I took down a fella on my block called Kansas City Dennis. Do I think that Matt Gates looks like a guy who shows photos of naked women to people at work? Yes. But do I think that he would have paid for sex? Yeah, definitely. That in no way, shape, or form is anything that um, uh, is by policy, is not part of our training. And it is certainly not part of our ethics or our values. Every time a kid gets tossed into America, a coyote gets his wings. You see, gum was new back then. But before gum, we used to just bite off a piece of a live pig's ear. Pretty easy to chew. The hard part was blowing bubbles. Yeah, a little heavy on abuse of the POTUS there. I'm not sure I approve. I'd say mailbag where's your where's your respect for the office it's around here somewhere where's his that's my question your freedom loving quote of the day wrapping up our series from the marquis de lafayette 
He's talking about Frenchmen in this case, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to say Americans instead. Do not let us despair of the cause of liberty. It is still dear to the hearts of Americans, and we shall one day have the felicity of seeing it established in our beloved country. Now, I would amend that by saying not everybody loves liberty. A lot of people love the safety of servitude. It's up to us to fight that. To the correspondence proper, I'm going to read this to you the way I read it. I'm done with you. Over my lifetime, you've been an island of reality and honesty in a sea of spin and limited misinformation. I've noticed that in the last few years, the credibility of your reporting has been slipping. Your latest story on Florida has proven to be a clearly intentional attempt to lie to and mislead the American people. Which story and at about that Florida? Point, well, at that point, I thought, wait a minute, we've been painstakingly trying to be honest about the Florida uh, Ron DeSantis hatchet oh, job thing. Story. And then I looked up at the, uh, the address, and it's Dear 60 Minutes. So he just CC'd us on a 60-minute screed. Uh, But well-written, Mark. He just blasts them. Well-deserved. An idea from Mark and the new segment title in which uh, I run down what's happening in blue cities and states, he suggests blued and screwed. That's uh, that's pretty good. It's better than what I came up with. Oh, man, we're down to 30 seconds? Uh, How about this? Uh, No Name Ron says, I was reading a little about the argument against voter IDs and found that 21 million eligible voters don't have government IDs, etc., then don't we also have to get rid of having to have an ID to buy a gun? It's right there in the Bill of Rights. It's one of our fundamental rights. Um, And polls overwhelmingly show, as we've said many times, overwhelmingly show that everybody is in favor of having to show an ID to vote, including Democrats. It's not even close. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I hate getting into gun discussions just because um, people immediately go to their corners and start calling other people liars and wrong and idiots. But uh, the president said a couple of things yesterday that even PolitiFact is calling false. Um, which is uh, a heck of a thing, because if you know that organization, they don't ever call false on anything coming from the left. But No, well, they're they're about as legit as they did the fat eunuch on CNN. They didn't have What's much, his name, the so-called media critic? They didn't have much choice, because Joe Biden saying, you can go to any gun show and buy a gun without a background check, was just plain not the fact. And they tried to walk that back later in the afternoon, but he, what he said declaratively was wrong. But more on that later. We'll get into that later. Right, and uh, interestingly, no, I, I was going to do another gun-related thing, but no, I won't uh, bother. Um, the uh, future of commercial real estate, pretty interesting, more post-pandemic predictions. Um, I just saw a quote from George W. Bush on the death of Prince Philip. Yes. So that's the Queen's husband. Yes. yes. Uh, George Bush says, Prince Philip brought boundless strength and support to the Queen. I would agree. There you go. I would agree. (laughs) God bless him for that. Having watched The Crown as much as you have, you're you're really up on your Prince Philip. Jack, in the one Uh episode I could stomach watching, I found myself really admiring his dedication to The Crown. 70 years ago. Well, until yesterday. But the early episodes are from like World War 
prior to World War II, aren't they? Yeah, all right. Well, it endured. It continued. Uh It was just the beginning of his service to the crown. So here's here's the headline. Does it hurt children to measure pandemic learning loss? This is from the New York Times. How backwards and upside down and inside out is this whole thing? Does it hurt children to measure pandemic learning loss? I would be delighted to answer that, but go ahead. Research shows many young children have fallen behind in reading and math. Yeah, you know. You don't really need to do any research if you've been around any kids. But but some educators are worried about stigmatizing an entire generation. And they use an example as all modern journalism must now. They start with a particular mom and her family and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Several paragraphs of that, and then I skip, I skip over all that. Because you're too stupid to think about ideas and apply them to real people. they got to give you a specific person. But it talks about how she uh, spent hours a day trying to keep her kids on the Zoom and tutoring and all that sort of stuff. Like every parent can relate to. It all sometimes feels like too much to bear. <clears throat> it is. Still, when her fifth grade son's public school teacher told her he was years behind in reading, she was in disbelief. That was very offensive to me, she said. I'm not putting in myself, my hard work, his hard work for you to tell me that he's at second grade reading. That's an idiot right there. That is not, well, I agree with you, but that, hmm, I I agree and disagree at the same time. That is the prevailing wisdom, it seems to me, in America right now. As I, I, I know someone who's moving to a different state because they were unhappy with the way their state handled schooling, so they're just leaving the state entirely. Well, now, that is a different question, isn't it? Uh, as opposed what? to being offended when somebody says your kid is behind. No, this all fits together. Give me okay. a chance here. Okay, so sure. I know somebody who's leaving the state because they're so unhappy with the way the state handled schooling. They want to go to a different state. And what they want to know is, they're trying. They're asking the school district is, where is my kid? I want an honest assessment of my kid. And they can't get it. They can't find out from the school. They're having to hire somebody or try to figure out how to hire somebody independently to assess where their kid is because the school won't tell them or the school is not doing any um, um, the testing to try to figure this out because they buy into what this New York Times article is talking about. That it would be offensive, I guess, or make people feel bad if you told them that their kid was this far behind, so they're just not doing it. What a strange attitude yes. that is. And the, and the, Can and you imagine if you went to the doctor and said, how's Johnny's uh, flu coming along? Well, I don't want to offend you. And this particular parent who's going to Texas said, I need to know where my kid is so I should argue, you know, to keep him in this grade or put him in the next grade you're supposed to be in or what? And that information just is not available to figure hmm. out where your kid is in school. And it's got to be because of this sort of stuff. People get angry if you tell them their kid's behind, which is just I can't even wrap my head around that. I've known people like that, and I generally think, wow. That's sad. I can't help you. Studies continue to show that amid the school closures and economic and health hardships of the past year, many young children have missed out on mastering fundamental reading and math skills. Um, but people are pushing back against the concept of learning loss, especially on behalf of the black, Hispanic, and low-income children, who research shows have fallen even further behind over the past year. They fear that a focus on what's been lost could incite a moral panic that paints an entire generation as broken and say that relatively simple common-sense solutions can help get students back up to speed. Well, I'll tell you, one common-sense solution would be 
a completely honest and fair evaluation of where they are currently. And an understanding that a child is not raising itself. The, the, the parents are challenged. This has been extremely difficult. And it's not a judgment against anybody. I don't, uh, uh, to be that defensive, I can't uh, even imagine it. Others go even further than softening it by saying that regardless of what terminology is used, standardized testing to measure the impact of the pandemic is unnecessary or even actively harmful. Voices as prominent as the former New York City school chancellor, um, that state's largest educators union, the Massachusetts Massachusetts Teachers Association, all have encouraged parents to opt their children out of the state's test during the pandemic. We do not want to impose additional trauma on students that have already been traumatized. Wow, we are a very tender people at this point. I'd say. We are a very, very soft people. Who doesn't understand that this has been a tremendous challenge for education and that there's ground to make up? Who and who would take that personally? I don't know. And who individually doesn't want to know where their kids are? God, I want desperately to know where my, my kids are. And I want them to be in the right grade or learning the right things. If they're a year or a year and a half behind, fine. I, but, I think I think what you're telling us is uh, has uncovered a fundamental aspect of the American soul right now, and I'm not quite smart enough to describe it. Isn't but, that amazing? You got the person in, far, in charge of New York City schools and the Massachusetts Teachers Association saying we don't want parents to have their kids take the tests. If you we are, don't want to know, how are you going to help then? How are you as the school system going to teach them if you don't have the data on how many kids are how far behind? Well, we'll just uh, we'll just uh, just uh, try to bring them up to speed and, and not talk about where they are because it's hurtful. You know what? I figured it out. I may be a dope, but I figured it out. If you are insulted by reality, even presented with reality in a very gentle, understanding way, then you literally cannot deal with reality. We are a people that can no longer deal with reality. We're that soft. That's crazy. New York City, one of the biggest school districts in the entire country, announced that parents would have to opt in for their children's children's <laughs> to uh, do the state standardized testing. So they're allowing parents, if parents are brave enough or harsh enough, to want to test their children, but it's an opt-in thing, so clearly they're encouraging people not to get the standardized testing and find out where they are. I am completely befuddled by this. I, it's I am amazing, astounded. isn't it? I, my kids are grown at this point. My youngest just graduated from college, but I, I would have thought exactly the opposite. I would have thought the educational uh, you know, community in America would be desperate to know, okay, how far behind are the kids? Uh, what timetable do we need to, to establish for those who've really fallen behind? How do we get them up to speed? This is our hero moment. This is our moment to diagnose a problem and solve it, but instead they run from it because somebody might get butt hurt. No matter what, it was going to be the most difficult year of every teacher in America to have a classroom of people that are close to up to speed because their parents either had the time or the money to get tutors or whatever and stay on pace, and kids that practically did nothing and everything in between. They're just going to have such a wide, diverging uh, you know, set of abilities coming in. But it would have it would have been hard if you showed up with a stack of paper in front of you. Okay, Jimmy, we know I know he's up to speed. You know, Sally is about a half year behind. Uh, that kid over there is a full year and a half behind, having not really had any schooling for a, almost a year. Um, 
but they're not going to have that info to start with. They'll yeah. have to just figure yeah. it out on the fly, I guess, because we're not going to test. Because that data would hurt somebody's feelings. It, That's it, bizarre. It is. That, it really is. And I agree with you. It says more about where we are as a country than than anything else. We're, yeah. we're so weirdly soft. God, we're, we're going to lose to China. We're just going to lose the Battle of China. The economic battle, the, 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 the military battle, the everything battle. Because we're so soft and <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know what we are. After the horrific pandemic that killed millions and kept kids out of school, your son appears to be about a half grade level behind in reading. How dare you? How dare you insult my son like that? We've tried very hard. Uh, People that react like that is doomed. Honestly. And we will fall under the thumb of the Chinese. We will suffer terribly for a long time. It will make us strong and tough, and we will become great again. I'm not sure there's any changing the sine wave of history. See, I did pay a little bit of attention during (laughs) high school math, though I was behind and knew it. If you have any experience with that, either as an educator or parents, and you're dealing with that, uh, text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. Would you react negatively if the school told you your kid is a half year behind or a full grade behind? And if so, why? I just, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't well, we've it. just told them that if they do, they're an idiot, so uh, I don't yeah. expect to get a lot of texts. I but. want to get those texts so that I can type back you're an idiot and give it to them in print form. There you go. <laughs> in case they missed the point. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Most people don't know. You walk into a store and you buy a gun, you have a background check. But you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want, and no background check. So I asked That's the guys to true. Uh, right, I asked the guys to play that because it's uh, it's just it's utterly fictional. It's you know multiple three four Pinocchio. It's, it's audio. You don't see that he's flexing, pointing to his biceps when he talks about going to the gun show. There. Oh, yeah. my misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I bring Welcome that up. Eighty year old gun show. <laughs> oh Lord. No background checks required. <laughs> So I asked the fellows to play that clip for a couple reasons. Number one, at the uh, top of next hour, we will be talking about Biden's gun proposals. And uh, and and number two, I want to talk about how I'm becoming slightly less amused and slightly more concerned about the president's cognitive uh, abilities. Although before we move on, I want to just take a quick look back at the last segment and and offer this assignment to you, homework assignment. Oh, there's homework? It's Friday. We were quiet, Mr. Armstrong. Do you have enough to share with the whole class? I'm texting my mom. (laughs) That's good. So we were talking last segment uh, about how uh, schools are not testing the kids. Parents don't want to hear how much uh, time their kid has lost in education because their feelings are hurt by it. It's considered offensive to hear that, yeah, after the pandemic, Johnny appears to be half a grade behind in reading or math or whatever. And so schools are not even testing. Uh, what does that say about the American character at this point, or at least those people? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com is our email address. We will read the most eloquent of your answers in uh, approximately one half hour. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. 30 minutes of your earth hours. 
What is this, Star Trek? <laughs> also, I want to get to a piece that I was going to share with you last segment, but I don't want to school you out. Critical race theory is a fad. It's an attempt to hide public school failures. Think about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But back to the president's cognitive difficulties. Um, this is a piece written by the usual suspects you know, in the Washington Post. Over to the, I can switch over to the sports station. They probably aren't going to give me homework. <laughs> All right. I need All a right. radio show that doesn't give me homework. You don't. It's a voluntary. It's extra credit. Oh, okay. Ten extra points. All right. So this is from a handful of the political reporters at the liberal Washington Post talking about Joe Biden and the All-Star Game boycott. They lead with Biden's answer was swift and seemingly definitive. I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsible. I would support them doing that, Biden said of the boycott, before going on to describe the new Georgia law as Jim Crow on steroids, which is a horrific thing to say, which makes a joke over the brutal racism of the Jim Crow era. Of course, nobody's asking the president to answer for that because they're on the same side. Fine. I can live with that. But the headline of the article is interesting, how Biden's support for the All-Star Game boycott divided Democrats in Georgia. And they talk about the political uproar within Georgia, and you're not getting a lot of honest reporting about that because it's extremely uncomfortable for Joe Biden and the left. But you have a predominantly black city with 90 to $100 million of revenue yanked out of not Georgia, Atlanta, which is, is a very heavily black city. You have restaurateurs and business people and vendors and, and, and hot dog guys and just all sorts of people who are devastated by this. And now people who thought that they could whip up the whirlwind and, and ride it like Stacey Abrams are griping about it, and they're highly uncomfortable about it. And you're starting to um, starting to hear more people like Jacqueline Betta-Tapur, chair of the Cobb County Democrats. I think he saying of Biden, I think he probably should not have weighed in. As push came to shove, I know some of the local elected officials were disappointed that he weighed in. And there are all sorts of quotes about that. Our overarching theme here, I don't think Biden is quick enough anymore to hear a question like, do you support a boycott of uh, the All-Star Game in Atlanta? And think, oh boy, this is a problem, gotta go soft. I just think he thought, I need an answer. Uh, Yes, I support it. His brain was only fast enough to come up with yes or no. So he can't even spin anymore. A younger, sharper guy would have noodled through all the possibilities in, you know, half a second. Sure. Or or just gone to, I don't know. The people of Georgia have made decisions that they'll have to live with. But as far as the All-Star game goes, we need to have a national conversation. Yeah. He doesn't. And, and listen, the it's punt. not like this guy's. The, exactly. Exactly. The punt. Can you imagine a first year politician? Well, I can, of course. You see it all the time. But can you imagine a politician with a couple of years under the belt who can't punt, who, who's, who's so shocked and frozen and unable to ad lib, they can't even punt? I'm, I'm worried about the old man because China has obviously got a checklist. And that checklist includes consolidate power on the mainland, stifle all national identity other than communist Chinese identity, all right? The Uyghurs, the Christians, we're all familiar with that check mark. 
Harvest Hong Kong. Check. And we all know what's next on the checklist. Taiwan. And that could be an enormous geopolitical tr- uh, struggle and problem and crisis. And we have a president who can't even say, we need to study the issue. Or I'm not prepared to make a pronouncement. He's like, oh, yes, yes, boycott it, yes. In spite of the enormous damage it's now going to do to a bunch of hardworking, great Americans, my fellow Americans in Georgia. And, and listen, I, I don't mean to, to pretend like I'm up all night worrying about this. But there are a hell of a lot of great black Americans who bust their ass to feed their families, who just got jobbed bad by this whole boycott thing, moving to lily-white Denver, where Colorado's voting laws are a little bit tougher in some ways and a little bit easier in some other ways, but they're extremely comparable. It's a huge misstep. We've got a video at armstrongandgetty.com of a monkey moving a cursor on a computer screen with his brain. Uh, and soon that will be coming to a brain near you. I want to sign up, get it from the monkeys to the people. I want to be able to move things. Certainly the people, uh, with my God brain. bless you, Thank who you. may have been uh, victimized in terrible accidents. Uh, couple oh, more. yeah, start with the, you know, start with handicapped people, people, you know, have, don't have you. But then get to the rest of us so I can move, move a cursor with my brain. You could drive your car with your brain. You could turn your TV on and off with your brain. It'd be awesome. How about just an alarm system? Joe, what you're about to do is stupid. What you're about to do is stupid. That that I could use. Oh, man, I have a lot of great uh, quotes from Georgia politicians, but I babbled too long, and we didn't get to them. I blame myself. Joe, you should blame yourself. I blame myself. <laughs> Some of the particulars of uh, the, the new, gun, new coming gun regulations, possibly. Uh, also, Boston Dynamics has robots being tested by the Army, which is now exciting. Robots mm. fighting battles? Yes! Unless they get loose. Armstrong and Getty.